Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. and welcome again to another edition of the Tom Stevens Show, your very own therapist here live on the air. And boy, do we have a good one today. We are going to be talking counseling, therapy, psychotherapy, mental health in general. And you are not going to want to miss this because I'm telling you, we have real live therapists that are coming on today that are going to talk to you about all the good and the bad of mental health. So with With this topic on tap, it's a chance for you to get free help, free advice, and you never have to step into a therapist's office. How about that? Just a little bit of background on myself so you all can know. Uh, I am a psychotherapist, been in the field for about 20 years now in the northwest area side of Houston, Texas, and started out working with children and families and have grown into working with couples and and other, uh, all kinds of different situations. And so I thought, what better way to spread the knowledge and experience that I've got than to, you know, have a show and give you a chance to call in and give me a chance to share kind of what I've been through in life and professionally experience and that kind of thing. But without further ado, I want to tell you a few key points. And that is, number one, we do have an app out now in the App Store and in the Play Store that will tell you everything you need to know about the practice here at Tom Stevens. We have licensed counselors. We have licensed interns that can see children, teenagers, adults, couples. We've got a a variety of ways that we can work. We've even got some groups going on this summer for adolescents and teenagers, so it's a really cool thing. So if you go to the App Store and you just search under Tom Stevens, or if you go to the Play Store and you search under Tom Stevens, you will be able to find me there and just download that. There's an Ask the Expert section in that where you can ask your very own question in private, and we've posted some questions and answers on there so that you can check those out too, and even a video section that is in there where you can see updated videos on all different topics of children and families and things like that. So it's really a cool way for you to to stay in touch with the mental health field. But today, I thought, you know, what better way in the summertime? A lot of people have had questions about counseling, about therapy for their child, for teenagers. And what better way to touch this topic than to bring real therapists on that aren't just me, that I can interview and ask questions to, and find out what what are some common mistakes people make when they seek out a counselor, What are some questions that maybe people don't ask that they should ask to find the best counselor for them? And believe it or not, you know, we're not all just, you know, blessed and gifted and and none of us are to work with any client. It it takes a good fit and it takes good experience and knowledge. And that's what really good therapists are all about. And I've got them on tap for you today because, you know, it's like mechanics, right? When you find a good mechanic, you keep them. 
and not every mechanic is a great mechanic and not every professional that you go to is a great professional. Not every doctor is a great doctor. So we have to be able to find a good one. And we're talking about your mental health. You definitely don't want to uh, spare any expense with the search and the effort to try to find who that is. So <clears throat> you heard about the app. The website to go to is tomstevens.us. But the cooler part is you can go on iTunes now and get any one of these talk shows for free and just download it right there at iTunes. If you search Tom Stevens, you will see my picture and the titles pop up, and you can hear any of the old editions. If you want to ask a question today, though, I would love to hear from you. So get your pens out. You can write the number down, call in, and we will get you on the air so you can give a comment or even ask a question. If you thought about seeing a therapist, hey, this is your chance to ask a question. 347 is the area code 838-9737. Once again, area code 347-838-9737. And uh, you can also text me if you want to at area code 832-545-4851, and we can get your question answered that way. But we'd love for you to call in and talk. I've got two professionals other than myself, on board today to talk to you. One is going to talk about adults and couples and really all experience they have, but in particular those things, and then uh, in families. And another one's going to talk about a little later in the show about children and when you're looking for help for your child and when that should be and, and what the best avenues are to approach with that. So great stuff. Coming up before I get to them, next week we're going to talk about dating. Y'all, all things that are dating, whether you have a teenager that's dating, young adult that's dating, just what, when should a child date? When, what should parents set up as far as guidelines go for children that are dating? And how can we, you know, make dating a positive, good experience instead of a negative, bad one? That's the real key there on that one. So without further ado, I want to bring on my first guest today. And she is a licensed professional counselor like myself, amazing person here in the northwest side of Houston as well in Cyprus. And I've referred to her many times and adore the work that she does. We've shared cases together, and I think her knowledge and wisdom is fabulous. And uh, her name is Mary Saint. I've always known her as that. And she is uh, she's just going to tell us a little bit about what she does and also answer some questions that I'm just going to fire away at her. Mary, are you there? I am here. How are you? I am here, Mary. Thanks so much. Let's give her a little round of applause. Mary is here. You can't start a show without applause. Mary, thanks for taking the time. I know you are busy. You've got a lot going on. But when it comes to therapists, I wanted you to be kind of at the top of the line there as far as answering questions because you've got a lot of experience in the field. And I'm just going to ask you real honestly some things today and let you answer as if uh, we've got a lot of uh, potential clients or people who've been to therapy listening out there who didn't have a good experience or a need to know a little bit more about it. So tell everybody out there kind of your experience, your license, uh, where where you've practiced, the kind of uh, work that you've done with different clientele over the past several years. Well, I've been, I guess I've been a therapist for uh, over 15 years, and I'm on the northwest side, sort of like you, but closer more to the Fairfield area off the 290. Mm -hmm. Um, and gosh, I've worked with all different kinds. I think originally I thought I was just going to work with children and I found that, um, it's a lot of times you wind up with the whole family and I enjoy kind of having some teenagers and some adults and some couples and kind of getting a mix and getting different viewpoints and, um, helping different people along the way. And you also are a school counselor, right? Absolutely. I've been a school so counselor you... for over 16 years as well. <laughs> Huge double duty. This is a lot of work. So and tell everybody kind of the difference. If you go to the counseling end, and let's just say your private work and the clients that you got privately, what what do you, like, do you mostly work now with adults, couples, children? Who? What's the percentage, I would say, of population? Um, it kind of comes and flows. I mean, recently I probably had – maybe 40% teenagers, but I've been doing a lot more work lately um, as the needs come up with um, probably adult females, a lot of self-esteem building and kind of, you know, we go through a tough time and 
trying to find our way, and sometimes um, it really helps to have somebody else to talk to and to help you see that those struggles are what make us stronger and what make us okay. more able to face things in life. Perfect. Brings up my first question, Mary, that everybody says, I'm sure you've heard it before, why get a therapist when you've got good friends? I mean, come on. You can sit together with a glass of wine or a cup of coffee. We can talk at the Starbucks. And, you know, I mean, I've got friends that will listen and give great advice. So what good are you? <laughs> well, I guess I would have to tell you what people tell me because great friends are wonderful. But they're in your life and they're biased and um, because they want what's best for you. And just like a therapist does, but we can listen and ask you some questions that your friends probably don't see because of that bias. And so mm -hmm. as I help you to discover which direction you want to go and how you feel like you want your life to be led, then mm -hmm. I can help you to, to develop some strategies <clears throat> to do that. I think a friend listens and kind of um, you get a little more of the, oh, I wouldn't put up with that, you know, with, from your friend because they see you in a different light than someone who doesn't have that bias. Yeah, I think that's what some people have a hard time with, Mary, is understanding that a professional relationship with somebody that you go to that you actually pay, which is hard for mm -hmm. people to understand, is <clears throat> excuse me, healthier because they're not emotionally attached to going home with you tonight mm -hmm. or on the weekend or at your family reunion or what's going on with your husband, don't see you at a barbecue. And we can see more clearly the things that mm -hmm. get you stuck, and that's what you were just talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. and I find, too, for, for males, um, often they're the ones that are drug in, but they're the ones that stay the longest is because mm -hmm. they also don't have that kind of relationship with people where we, they want to talk about their problems with people. Um, so a, for males, we don't yeah. see them as often, but they do tend to be the ones that kind of find it refreshing to have somebody who has no bias who has no, um, well, I don't make any judgments on you in your life because I'm not in it. And so they find mm -hmm. that to be refreshing to be able to sort of share those weak moments with somebody. Okay, so then at what point do you think, as a therapist, it is time to raise the white flag and for people to say, you know what, I really need to get some help because, Mary, <clears throat> you and I both know a lot of people call in the ninth inning, end of the ball game, mm -hmm. you know, the house is burning down, and what do I save? <laughs> I don't know what to go save. And there, there's no, like, we tell people all the time, you know, if somebody had just come in six months or a year mm -hmm. earlier. The, so at what point should people seek help? Well, I think it, it differs with each person, but also with each age level. Like um, I have some teenagers who I had when they were younger and haven't seen for a while, and, and because we have that relationship, they're you know, texting because that's how they communicate, texting to make an appointment and driving themselves over because we established that relationship with their, when they're younger. So sometimes mm -hmm. it helps when you're having some bumps along the way. It doesn't have to be a long-term thing, but establishing a relationship with someone that teenagers can go back to, to me, is really important. Um, yeah. For couples, they're truly the ninth inning ones that I feel like mm -hmm. when you start feeling yourself pulling apart or struggling to find that common ground or, or those things that brought you together and, and somebody grows a little more than the other one, if you can address that more quickly and kind of come in and spend just a little bit of time communicating a little bit better, that makes a big difference because when someone's already got one foot out the door, couples counseling can just, it can feel right. like you're ha banging your head up against the wall. I always, my mantra to people all the time, Mary, is therapy is meant to be preventative, not reparative. Mm -hmm. It is not an ER room mm -hmm. where, where you need to be patched up, bandaged up. It's preventative, meaning you're, it's kind of like when people go for self-defense classes or a gun mm -hmm. safety class. You know, they are not in the mm -hmm. middle of a gunfight or somebody robbing them, but they are preparing for that day. And maybe it never comes. Maybe mm -hmm. something bad never happens. But in marriage or with a teenager mm -hmm. or with a child, let's say, who's stuck mm -hmm. because of fear or trauma in their life or some kind of compulsion mm -hmm. that, or depression, it's better to check into it sooner and have a therapist say, you yeah. know what? I really think things are good. I mean, you're in good shape. Yeah. You know me now. Your child knows me. We're good if you ever need something. Isn't it better to have them come in a couple of times 
And for you to say that, oh, then to, to come in and say, boy, we're going to need to do this for a while, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that there's such a stereotype maybe from years ago that I hear from teenagers, I don't have a problem. Uh, nothing's wrong with me. And, and I agree with that. There's nothing wrong with you, and it's not a problem. It's just life brings you difficult times. And if you have somebody to go sit down with for an hour to kind of hear yourself work through that and hear mm-hmm. yourself kind of make a decision, and it allows me to help you figure out where you want to take that decision, it doesn't mean that you have some huge issue hanging over you. It just means that we're learning to deal with things as they come up mm-hmm. instead of waiting till it's some huge problem where yeah. you're looking for me to have a magic wand and fix it when it's, yeah. we got layers and layers and layers to work on. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I think this next question mm-hmm. is from my perspective, and then you tell me yours, because the next question I've got is what you think the biggest mistake is that people make when they call for counseling. Mine, personally, is people that just impulsively react in the moment, and uh, a lot of times there are people who, I don't care, I just need a counselor right now, and they'll flip through (laughs) until they find one that answers or gives them an appointment and doesn't spend Mm -hmm. the time to talk, because good therapists, I've always said, people Mm -hmm. that I know, We'll spend a few minutes on the phone with you. What's happening? Yeah. Let me see if, if we connect it all on the phone with with uh-huh. what I think your situation is or if I can even help. And I think sometimes people may see counseling as all the same. Like it's like going uh-huh. for gasoline. I told somebody this morning, you can go to any gas station, pretty much all the gas is the same. I know they have different names in different places you get on that, but... You, it's not the same as going and getting gasoline, and it's not the same as yeah. going and buying a Twinkie in the store. You know that that's packaged all. It's it, it's a Twinkie. What Absolutely. do you think the biggest mistake is these people make when they call, want help, and really need help, but they kind of overlook? I think yeah, I mean, my thoughts are if it's a connection because all the research shows that therapy works. But there isn't one that works better than another, one style. And so it's really about Mm -hmm. making that connection with the therapist on the phone. I mean, it's not the same as meeting them in person, but you can can kind of tell. I mean, when you're asking me some questions and I'm asking you some questions, we get a chance to kind of get a feel for each other and finding out, you know, how do you work? How, Mm -hmm. How do you see this process going, asking your therapist that? There's no reason you can't spend, a, you know, a couple of minutes getting a feel for what it is and what, what their expertise are. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes I get calls, uh, you know, I want to come in as soon as possible, and I need to know kind of what's going on with you so that we can make sure that we have a great fit. Uh, because one of the things I do is I have a lot of resources of people that are excellent, such as yourself, that, you know, it sounds like you really need a male or you really need someone that's going to confront you. And I can help find somebody that specializes in that area um, because I have my own kids, I have my own husband, and I want to make sure that somebody who calls me is getting the best for their kids or for their husband or for their relationship or their teenager because it, it really is about that connection that you make and that trust that you establish that carries you through working because it's difficult sometimes to work through some of the issues that life brings you. Yeah, that kind of, excuse me, answered that question that maybe it's good to have a referral list on hand or people that you've already got good recommendations from. Like I said before, Mm -hmm. a mechanic. You don't want to try to find a mechanic when your car is in the middle of the road broken down. You want to know Mm -hmm. the place that you're going to take it to that you trust. And therapy, I think, a lot of times is the same. Let's lean a little bit for you since you've worked so much with children too. When parents are worried about their children, I feel like it's a whole other ball game because they, mm-hmm. they, they don't know what to do. And it's one thing if it's me coming in to talk to you, but you're going to be seeing my child and I don't know what you're yes. doing and I don't know what it means. And so how do you explain to a parent of a child, whether they're five years old or eight years old, that how can you actually help them with what they've been through or they've been picked on at school or, you know, they've been just kind of depressed or anxious lately and won't sleep in their own bed anymore. And what do you, what, what do you think parents generally feel and how do you help them with that? 
I think part of it is, too, is, is that outside person. It just makes a very big difference, but it depends on each child. I mean, I know your approach is probably the same in that each child is different, and some kids want to come in and they want to sit and talk, and some kids come in and they want to go in the playroom and mm-hmm. maybe never directly talk about that issue but work through it. You know, I have mm-hmm. some kids that come and play in the sand tray, and, and sometimes you can see exactly what they're working through, and sometimes you can't. And I think for parents, mm-hmm. sometimes that's difficult. Is they're wanting a tangible, you go after this and talk about this, when sometimes mm-hmm. children work through their issues in different ways. Mm-hmm. And even if they're hesitant to come in, I'm sure you probably find this, the, the child or teenager, or, you know, depending on what age, sits down and says, I'm not going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't get them to come in to this, see you. Yeah, I know. You know, five minutes in, you know, they're like, can we talk alone? And they're asking their parents to leave. Um, So oftentimes I think for kids there's a hesitancy to come in. And for parents I think it's it's important too. A lot of parents want to come in and meet me first to make Mm -hmm. sure that what I'm offering is what their child needs. And and I don't think any therapist minds that at all. Yeah. Yeah, the good ones definitely. That's your child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you – sometimes I worry with parents. I, I'm not sure they really know all the time what they're looking for. They just know the problem that is in their house right now that they can't mm-hmm. fix. And so when it comes to therapy, how – this is a probably a loaded question, but how long do people need to be in therapy? I think it depends a lot, and I I personally let the client direct me. And what I mean by that is you start to see, for example, I had a child who had some uh, school phobia, and he would come in and bury that that bus in the sand. And week after week, that was the first thing he would do was bury the bus. And slowly, the bus wasn't being buried as deep in the sand tray. And so kind of what happens is you see them working through something, and then one day he came in and put it right on top of the sand, like the thing, and he said, I'm done. So obviously for him, it was a clearer message of, I'm done. Life is good. You know, we started to see sometimes it's the symptoms that you're seeing at home or the symptoms you're seeing at school for what the actual issue is. You know, anger shows mm-hmm. itself. All different kinds of feelings can be shown as anger. And so sometimes it's the conversation of, you know, it feels to me like things are getting a little bit better and it feels like you're coming in and, and you're not having as many things that you're bringing up and that you want to talk about. Do you feel like we need to go to every other week? Or do you feel more comfortable still coming every week? And I think mm-hmm. it's, um, you know, it's important to kind of get a feel for each other and, and ask that question. I mean, there's a level of trust that you develop, and you can kind mm-hmm. of feel when people are, are ready to start branching off and not coming in as often, you know, and, mm-hmm. and clients need to communicate that as well. I think it's definitely more challenging with kids, but you'll often see the symptoms get worse and then mm-hmm. get better. Um but it just kind of starts to happen. And one of the things I like to do with kids is if you're not going to come in every week, then I'd like you to plug in an hour of family time mm-hmm. to substitute for that hour that we come in here and we talk or we come in and we but play so that it helps kind of bring the family point. back together. You're, yeah, you're bringing in that whole element of, of it not just being about coming to counseling. That perfect point, Mary, that good therapists will say it's really about what you do outside of this room and taking mm-hmm. everything that we're working on here. And I think that helps parents and couples too be able to go out mm-hmm. and practice outside the room what happens mm-hmm. in the room. And that's how you can tell as a therapist, wow, y'all are different because you're actually not yeah. talking about the same thing every week. <laughs> Yeah. I agree. And I think that's one of the hardest parts is sometimes you have one parent or even both parents that don't really want to get involved. And particularly with young children, it's really not a drop-off kind of a situation where I drop you off and, and I don't ever have to come in or talk about anything because sometimes we gotta, we're going to have to check in and we're going to have to work on some of our parenting skills, not because mm-hmm. you have a problem parenting. I mean, I've had I'm sure you've had the same thing. I've had clients with five kids and it's gone well with four and all of a sudden this one's different or this one challenges me in a different way. And so Mm -hmm. it's not that you're a bad parent. It's just that there may be some different ways to parent this child that challenges you in a different way. 
Yeah, and so opinions of therapy, it's mm-hmm. not always great because it means you've yeah. got a problem or you people don't want to know or don't want other people to know that they've been in counseling or that they're going to counseling, yeah. even mm-hmm. though it might be helping. And so how do you explain, like, counseling in today's world, 2014, compared to people's perceptions? Because when people call you, you know they have a picture of your office, and many times it's of laying down on a couch while they're telling you about their <laughs> dreams, that it's really not that way. So how do you explain it to them when you're on the phone with them, when somebody calls? Because one of the questions I would want people to ask when they call me is, so what's it like when I come see you? And, and Mary, I don't think people really ask me that. They kind of just tell no. me what's going on. And, and, you know, when I first came into this field in my 20s, I remember everybody staring at the wall looking at every diploma I had because they thought I was some kid that didn't know anything. And now nobody looks at the diplomas and nobody asks me mm-hmm. about where I've been to school or what my training is. They just have been referred mm-hmm. by a friend that they trust and they count on me to help. Mm-hmm. And so I would want people to ask me, you know, what's it like? What is it going to be like when my child or when our, our my husband and I sit down on the couch uh, with with you? And so what do you think? Blame it. I do think, I think, it, I think it's changed a little bit in that it, there's still some stigma and some worry that someone's going to find out I'm going. But much more I'm finding that people are seeing it as a healthy thing to do. And you're getting a little less of, oh, my husband and I are in counseling, and more of some excitement about, you know what, this is this is going well, and that's where we're getting a lot more word of mouth. And I do think mm-hmm. it's important to know the expectations so you don't come in with those nerves and that what's it going to be like. Are you, um, you know, recently I had a, a couple come in and the wife said, I was so scared you would tell us that it, it, it wasn't worth saving. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that I like clients to know is that when you're coming in for marriage counseling, that means to me that you want to be together and that you are ready to do some work to make some changes on some things that maybe you weren't hoping to change, but it's worth it to you to save this marriage or to make this marriage a healthier place for people to be. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's important for them to ask, you do, you know, are, are, are you a therapist that sends homework? Are you mm-hmm. a therapist who um, just wants to sit and talk, or are there things that you want me to bring in? I mean, everybody has their own style, and if I'm a therapist who's, who's going to be giving you homework and you just feel like, I, you know, I'm not ready to work on this at home, then obviously we're going to have some trouble, mm-hmm. you know, working together. Um, I do think that, that in a good therapy relationship, especially for couples, there is homework because it's important that as mm-hmm. you wean yourself coming less and less that you're still practicing the things that are important to, to keep you in a healthy place. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good point because when people try to find the counseling and good counseling, <clears throat> mm-hmm. the good counselor, I always tell people, your job is to be honest in this room, to be very honest. If mm-hmm. you feel offended, if you feel hurt, if you feel misunderstood, if you feel supported, good or bad, you have to be able to give that feedback to the therapist. The good therapist will adjust and adapt to who you are mm-hmm. and what you're, what you're presenting in the room. And the therapists that aren't so good kind of just have mm-hmm. one way they drive through, drive the bus, and you'll know mm-hmm. after a while this is like beating my head against the wall. So you brought up a good point with homework that sometimes it's so helpful for people to say, because I've had people on both ends, Homework helps me so much be accountable and go home and do this. And then I've had people say, you know, homework actually might not work for me because knowing me and my personality right now, I might not do it. And mm-hmm. then I feel like I let you down. I'm going to feel like rejection and judgment. And you may not be doing that, Tom. But And so it helps to work with people because one of the things mm-hmm. I was reading an article about 10 reasons people quit therapy or it doesn't work. <clears throat> and so much of it is judgment or rejection or feeling like yeah. the therapist, you know, looks down on them. And we may not, but so I much agree. depends, like you said, on the relationship and whether you get along with these people in your office. I agree. And I yeah. think, too, if that's part of that honesty is you give me homework and I don't have time to do it, you being able to come in and say, I just didn't have time doing it. 
and, mm-hmm. and the therapist being able to say, well, let's just kick that back one more week. I mean, there's times where life happens and you can't get things done. I mean, that's, but I also think when you call a therapist and you say, well, what's your therapeutic approach? It's important to hear what they have to say because if they only have one and they say, well, you know, I, I go through the process and they'll throw out some words probably like an Adlerian process or um, I think it's important to listen to some words about you, the therapist getting to know you. And, you know, I mean, because that's important for me to be able to convey to you is I need to see you and talk to you a little Mm -hmm. bit more so that we can understand what's the best approach to use with you. Because if I only have one approach, then I may be going through my my outline of this is the way that things work, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. fit with you as a person. If you have been in a relationship that feels abusive and I'm coming in and confronting you every week because that's my style of therapy, then that's Mm -hmm. not going to feel very comfortable for you. And I think it's important if you're not comfortable to say to the therapist, this is really just not working for me. Is there another way we could do this or is there somebody else that you know that might have a different approach? Mm -hmm. Perfect. Mary, I have one more question. Excuse me, I know I've taken up a lot of your time, but one more question. If people out there aren't sure about getting therapy and they were going to pick up a phone today and call somebody, um, one question you would have them ask, uh, because a lot of people I think have a hard time standing up for themselves and saying, it's more of like I'm going to a doctor, it feels like, what do you feel like could empower them to, to they could ask for, whether it's their child, whether it's their teenager, whether it's their marriage falling apart, that they could to ask or say to a therapist that would help them get on, you know, at least understand whether this is the right person or not? I think I think probably that question of how are we going to build a relationship that is going to help me? Mm-hmm. Because all of those technical questions, you know, we and, and you'll get a form that has all of here's my approach and here's what I do and all of that kind of stuff. But I want somebody who calls in to be able to to find out a little bit more about me, not personally as a person, but my style and how that's going to help. And it's particularly important when you have a couple because you may have different ways of hearing things and you got to, as a caller or as somebody making an appointment, a potential client, you have to figure out is, is the way this person is approaching me even on the phone or talking to me going to fit with myself and my spouse? So I think that question of is how do we go about building this relationship, I would love that question. And, you know, I think the coolest part of that, Mary, was you being able to say, it's okay, y'all, to ask a therapist a very direct question. Like I think some people feel like they can't. So that was really good of you to say that. Now, Mary, how can people get a hold of you, whether it's website, Facebook, phone number, whatever, you tell them. Email anything. Well, probably I'm a little um, I'm a little primitive in that I don't do websites <laughs> under the and, radar. And Facebooking, <laughs> I am. I do a lot of um, referrals by other clients that have come in, um, just because mm-hmm. I feel like your friend is a pretty good indicator of my style, and and it's mm-hmm. a pretty big compliment when you get um, referred from somebody else. But my phone number is two eight one two five zero one one four one. And so that's always a way someone can get in touch with me. And I will tell you, Tom, that if somebody needs some help finding another therapist, I don't mind if you're not looking to come see me. But if you're looking for someone and you need some advice, then they can feel free to call me. What a great thing. Even if you're in, like, and I've done this too, and I'm sure you have, even if you're in another state. I had somebody email me once who was in another Mm -hmm. state. Their relative was here in Houston, and they said, well, call Tom and see what he knows. I actually have called therapists in other states and said, hey, it's Tom. I've got a potential client. Mm -hmm. I just want to kind of see who you are and what's going on. And I think that's the coolest thing because then I can get a feel whether, you know, Mary, Mm -hmm. this person, I don't know, is speaking kind of the same way I am. So I think it's really cool that we network that way. And by the way, y'all, because Mary is primitive, she says, which is really under the radar for she's popular <laughs> enough. She doesn't have to have a website. She doesn't have to be on Facebook. She doesn't have to do any of this. So she's that good. 281-250-1141 uh, is the number for Mary Saint. Awesome person. Mary, thank you so much for being on today. You're the best. 
and I'm sure we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That was very beautiful advice, wisdom on all kinds of things having to do with counseling. I mean, it's really a a gem to be able to find good professionals, which I feel like I'm surrounded with. And she said it best at the end, everybody, that if you call a good therapist and you say, you know what, I'm not sure I'm looking to come see you, but could you help me find somebody? We will all you find somebody. The good ones will because we don't have to have the clients come in. It's the ones that are desperate and feel like you have to come see them no matter what right now that you kind of want to stay away from. The only hiccup that comes into play a lot of times is insurance where some of us don't take insurance benefits. And so if you need to use those, you'd have to go to somebody on your plan. That's a little bit different, which just requires you to um, kind of look through those. Although I tell people you do get what you pay for in counseling, and sometimes there are amazing people on uh, mental health benefits, insurance panels, and then sometimes there are people that aren't. And so you really have to weigh the options as far as a specialist and an expert goes with who is best suited for you. And also, when it comes to counseling, remember this, that you have all the right to be able to say to somebody, you know, this just isn't working for me. I'd like to go somewhere else. And therapists always have to give you other referrals to other people. So really, just let your guard down and be able to give it your best shot. And if it's not working for you, then go somewhere else and ask for a referral or check with another friend. And you'd be surprised when you Google, and Psychology Today online has a lot of names of of different mental health professionals all over town, uh, wherever you live. They just are a huge network of things. But that's part of the reason I developed the app that I did, so that we could spread more knowledge and information about the mental health field to everybody else. Okay, moving on. Specializes in working with children and is uh, amazing to be able to handle situations with parents, children, all kinds of different things. Her name is Aisha Lakani. Aisha, are you there? I'm here, Tom. How are you? She is there. I'm doing good. The crowd is happy to see you. We are loving it. You know why, Aisha, we're having such a good time and we're so happy you're here? Why is that? Because you are going to tell us about all the ins and outs of, well, I mean, you've worked with couples, adults, teenagers, and children. But you can tell us what it's like in the private sector when it comes, because you've worked, you know, in agency or clinical settings, also private. And before I dive into questions, you tell us your background, how long you've been in the field, licensed, and um, where you've worked. So currently um, I am doing private practice. My office mm-hmm. is out in the Bel Air area. Southwest um, side of Houston. And I am licensed as a an LPC, um, and I'm also a registered play therapist. And I've been what I've been doing this for about nine years now. All right, and you've had the gamut of children, adolescents, adults, stuff like that. I have. Okay. I have. Clients that call you to come in for therapy, who do you think is the most hesitant? Is it a parent calling for their child? Is it an adult calling for themselves? Is it a couple that's calling to come in? Who is it that hesitates the most on actually booking the appointment and coming in? I found um, with me it's been more adults mm-hmm. call and uh, schedule an appointment and then cancel an appointment and try to reschedule. Um, and they haven't been very consistent in bringing themselves in. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. really run into that problem with um, children, because I think parents are more adamant on getting their children help. Um, so I think it's a little bit easier for them to bring their kids in. But adults are the ones that um, I've, I've had the lack of consistency with, whether it's individual or couples. I, I wonder about that, Aisha, because I think that people, adults, tend to like suck it up and hold on to it as long as we can. And, and it's almost like... Um, like somebody who starts gaining weight I've seen in my life, you know, and it's easier to gain weight than it is to lose it. And it's harder to come to grips with, you know what, I need to do something with my life, like something, because unless it's super duper painful, 
sometimes we can deal with stress at a job or we can deal with stress in a marriage or we can deal with the fact that we've got a crazy family situation going on or we don't have much money right now. But it's hard for people to pick up the phone and call. But isn't it true, like it is for me, and, and I don't know if it is for you or not, that people come in and it's like, wow, this actually was better than I thought it was. It's not weird. This isn't different. You didn't ask me to lay down on the couch and tell about my dreams. You're not strange looking. You know, they they picture you with some bizarro setup. That's very true. And the ones that actually do come in, um, you know, it's been very consistent that it, I didn't think that this would be as helpful as it was, even just after mm-hmm. the first session. And I think it's just knowing and understanding, I guess, once you kind of get into that room, like you said, that it's not weird and it's really just mm-hmm. a, a safe place for them to be able to be vulnerable and be open and mm-hmm. allow someone, someone is there solely just to listen to them without judgment, um, you know, and when you provide that space for them, it allows them to be vulnerable and kind of open up. And one of the things that I've learned you know, in therapy and doing therapy is that therapy very rarely happens in the therapeutic setting. It's kind of like that's the place where you plant your seeds and then as kids and adults and teenagers, everybody, once they step out into the real world, those things that you've kind of talked about in therapy um, have the opportunity to kind of work in their in their real lives. So the therapy actually happens outside of, you know, the therapy room is what most of my clients have reported back to me and said that that's why it's been so helpful. They kind of get that opportunity to be vulnerable and let out all their angst, and then, you know, then they kind of start to do their work. That is the truth. You know, people are so worried about judgment that I attribute it. My kids yell at me because I don't go to the dentist enough. It's like I don't want to go to the dentist because I think there's going to be cavities and I don't want them to see that I haven't been taking care of my teeth. And I think a lot of times people don't want to come into therapy because they feel like this person is going to look at them like, what? Are you you really like, like most of the people that come in, we look at and say, you know, this isn't that, it's really okay. You know, we can deal with this. People feel like it's such a shocking and a scary and humiliating and embarrassing thing that they don't want to come in. Yep, I would agree with that. And I think when you kind of normalize the experience and remind them that they're not the only person in the world experiencing the things that they've experienced and they're not the first type of client with those types of issues that have come to you, that you've heard it before, that you mm-hmm. know people have, have done well in therapy to overcome some of those challenges that they're facing, I think that mm-hmm. kind of normalizes their situation and is a reminder that they're not the only ones out there kind of dealing with um, with their own, with their issues, right? That there are plenty. It's funny, isn't it? Funny how many times you might see people who you also see other people, and they both know each other, and they don't know that each other is seeing you. And so there are a lot more people doing therapy than aren't doing therapy. And I know enough from my own background of different therapists I've seen, like of the probably six or seven different therapists personally, and I know people get freaked out by saying, wow, you're a therapist and you actually got therapy? Like, that's so weird. But (laughs) why wouldn't a dentist go get their teeth checked and wouldn't a mechanic get their car worked on? That that it doesn't, it actually is healthy to be healthy. And so if you are a yoga instructor, you take yoga. And if you are a professional golfer or basketball player, you get lessons from people because you're not just perfect. And so I know of the different ones I've seen that there were some that were absolutely not a good fit for me. And there were others that were like, finally, this person gets me. And so do you see that, that not every client that walks in your door is totally suited for you? And how do you find and let the client know what you can and can't help them with? Um, absolutely. There's always been um, challenging clients that I know, um, and I guess it helps too being in the field for so long and having that experience and, and building your network. You know, I know what I'm good at and what I can help somebody get through. And, um, you know, it's important to have a network of people for the things that you're not, you know, so capable of doing or not the best at. 
as a therapist, so that way you can refer people. Um, and I, and what I found is that people are actually appreciative of that, that you're not trying to do something that you're not capable of doing or that you know someone else in the field that is more capable of, you know, either doing a better job or relating to a certain um, a challenge better than I can. I know I've had a lot of autistic children come my way, and I've referred them out because that's not one of my areas of expertise. Mm-hmm. And I do, you know, having built that network of people, um, you know, it's really easy. I heard you speaking earlier about wanting to talk to people to make sure, you know, you're on the same page with them. So when you do refer mm-hmm. out, that they're getting that experience that you would provide for them if, you know, you if that was, you know, your expertise. Mm-hmm. So it's really knowing yourself as a therapist is really important. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, getting to know your client. And I think just having a very real conversation. I think if they've taken the step to come in to see you, um, that they want good and healthy feedback for them. And it's important that you're honest with them. And so when people come into your office, Aisha, what, how do you handle that session? You've just met them. They come into your office. Are you one of these take charge people that kind of, you know, ask a big questionnaire of 100 questions? Are you somebody who just kind of lays it in their lap and says, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. Are you, what do you do? I am. I'm more of like a a laid back. Um, I primarily work with children, so I kind of let them direct, you know, the therapy. And it's interesting because the parents will come in um, saying, you know, such and such is wrong with my child or this is what they're, they're dealing with. And um, what I found, the parents don't have very good communication with their kids, especially like with the adolescents. So when mm-hmm. the parents are experiencing, you know, from their from their children or what they perceive the presenting problem to be, it's usually something else. Um, you know, and so I kind of let my kids direct their own therapy. I feel like they all know what they need and they know themselves. So in an effort for me to get to know them, I just let them kind of direct their own way, and it's really been, you know, beneficial, and it's worked. Um, so so do the parents come in the session with them also? So um, what I usually do is I will meet with um, the child. I'll meet with the parent. Um, I usually do an intake session with just the parent um, to kind of get some information and, you know, why they want to come to therapy and what's going on. Um, with their kiddo, and then the next time they'll bring the child in, and I'll do a session with the child, and, you know, if we have a level of comfort and the child is comfortable with me, um, you know, then we just kind of proceed from there, and I give, you know, parents feedback on on a weekly, every session that they come in, I give them feedback to let them know kind of what's going on. I always give them recommendations on things to work for, work on um, during the week, um, so I, but I, I think it's important, obviously, that the parents are involved in their child's therapy because only so much can happen in that hour that I'm with them, and the rest has to happen when they're in the care of their parents. So working on, you know, those parental kind of communication skills with their children um, has been a big has been a big focus with um, my preteens and my adolescents. Knowing that, uh, and Aisha is very much like me in terms of relationship and people knowing that we care about you and we want what's best for you and it's not just you come in to buy a loaf of bread here, you give me the money and you move on, that it's really about making sure that you are able to take what we talk about in a session and use it out in the real world, that it's a big thing. But Aisha, why in the world is what we do so expensive. People want to know that all the time. It is so expensive to go to a therapist. But, you know, people don't question all the time attorneys. They're expensive, too, for divorces and other things. So why is therapy so expensive? You know, it's expensive. It's an investment. It's an investment mm. in your health. Um, and just like you said, it's, um, you know, attorneys are expensive, and it's kind of like when you need something, you know, do you want something that's, where you know that you're going to hire someone to do a job that you're going to come out on top at the end. Um, 
you know, it's kind of like you pay for what you get. And if you want quality and you want someone that's going to be, um, you know, available and accessible to you um, and work mm-hmm. with your child and be flexible um, and kind of somewhat cater to your needs, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to pay for what you get. And yeah. the experiences that I've heard from, you know, clients that have come my way um, from previous therapists, you know, it's, they've had some pretty horrific experiences. And, you know, luckily that they didn't allow that to kind of ruin their therapy experience mm-hmm. and they pursued looking for another therapist. But, you know, I have had many parents say that, you know, they are paying for what they get. And they notice mm-hmm. that there's a big quality difference. And I always tell people the, the get what you pay for thing, but, you know, the fact that I charge $150 an hour for a session is based on the time that I give. And, and I tell people all the time, I don't see as many clients a week. I don't save as many spots for clients a week as other therapists do. And that's because I try to spend more focused attention on the clients that I do have. And I can promise you if I'm seeing eight clients a day, five days a week, you're not going to like me very much and you're not going to get much good help from me because I'm going to be going from one session to another and I'm going to have a hard time remembering even who you are. So sometimes as therapists, I think people don't understand it's not just the hour we spend with you in the room. It's the preparation it's the continuing training we get. It's the office space we rent. It's the environment we set up. There are so many dynamics that go in, and people think, wow, Tom, you get $150 for that hour. Well, by the time all those expenses wash out, it's actually not $150. And we have to know that we're worth something, and we don't work the same as other professionals do. So we, we only get paid when we're seeing somebody in front of us. That's different than, for instance, an attorney who gets paid to file papers or go to the court and submit this, you know, this piece of paper or to be able to make phone calls to other people. We we get paid when we're in front of a client, and so it is worth more. And just because somebody charges more doesn't necessarily mean they're better. But I'll tell you what, the more people invest in it, like you said, it's an investment the more that they work for it. And if people come in for free, I promise you, they'll be less likely to work so hard. I don't know how you feel about that. That's true. I agree with that. So I should tell me this. Like the, the biggest mistake you see people make when they come in for counseling, whether they're bringing their child in or whether they're bringing themselves in, the biggest mistake they make in the whole counseling process is what? Um, stopping therapy when they think oh, they're Oh, she said it. That was what I love <laughs> to hear. Stopping too soon and just quit. I don't even mean, like, you, what you're saying is just stopping. Like, they don't even say goodbye. They just right. leave. <laughs> and that, it's like and at I, least have closure. Right. And that's one of the biggest things that I've had. I've had so many kids in therapy and they're doing so well. And, you know, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're doing better. Okay, we don't need to come back. And they've forgotten that, you know, there's so many times in a child's life where they don't get an opportunity to say goodbye or have a healthy transition um, in and out of places or with people. And Mm -hmm. so even having that one closing termination session or, you know, we're going to stop therapy for this for right now um, parents don't understand the importance of that session and having that closure, um, and that is a that is a big a big mistake. So it's kind of like the moment things seem to get better for a few days, it's like oh things are better, so we don't need to come back to therapy anymore, mm-hmm. and it doesn't usually last. <laughs> yeah, in this field, we we have terminology in this field that we use and. And one of those is what's termed a flight into health, where after about four or five visits, a client somehow miraculously feels better because the garbage they carried in within the first session is kind of relieved and and the garbage truck has taken it off. But that doesn't mean everything's fixed. So they feel better. And and people do this sometimes in, in exercise, too, or in dieting. And all of a sudden, I feel better. I've got a better life, so I think I can make it now. The other thing 
is um, what's called symptom relief you just talked about. You know, we feel a little bit of symptom relief and, you know, I think maybe I can make it now. And it doesn't all, well, most of the, almost always that's not a good sign of stopping therapy. And so, you know, even you and I were talking just the other day, to be able to do like a Skype session or a phone session or a consultation with somebody over the phone, I can't talk enough, Aisha, about people going to see a therapist even one time to say, you know what, I'm going to pay for one of your hours to just tell you my life and situation so I can leave feeling comfortable or not with you and also ready when I ever do need it in the future. And people don't go out and get that consultation done. They wait until it's really bad. And I think that's my mistake. I think I see most people make is they wait too long to get into therapy to begin with. I I agree with that, and I try to remind people that, you know, you should go to therapy when things are going well rather than when Mm -hmm. things are in crisis because, um, like you said, they kind of come in, they're very overwhelmed, they're hesitant, and, you know, you can't really focus when you're so overwhelmed and you can't really Mm -hmm. do the work that you need to do um, when you are overwhelmed or, you know, you're just not in a good in a good space because you're kind of living in that crisis mode and you want a mm-hmm. quick fix. And, you know, there's not usually a quick fix to, you know, to every problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you definitely want to, you know, I like that idea of just kind of, it's kind of like when you're looking for a doctor, you know, you don't just show up necessarily when you're sick, but you kind of want to make sure that when you are sick, that you're going to the right, you know, that you're going to the right person and interviewing somebody, you know, for a potential job in the future, essentially. And it's just kind of somebody that you you want to know, you want to make that connection with. So if you do wait too long and you kind of are in that crisis mode, that you know this is somebody that you trust and that you feel comfortable with that, you know, you want to go and, and see. Yeah, how hard is it to go to a doctor when you've got a really, you know, hurt arm or body or stomach or something, and it's the first time you met the doctor and they have no idea who you are versus the doctor you've been to before that knows you and at least knows your name and remembers who you are. So it, it really pays. Aisha, one more question before you go, because I know I'm taking up valuable time. Are, what is the biggest uh, misconception or misperception people have, clients have, about coming in to see you? Uh, for counseling. Like, what do you think they're sitting out there that keeps them from coming in that they think counseling is like that is not really true? Like I think, like I've been, I've seen Aisha's office. It's cozy, it's comfortable, and it's normal. But I think a lot of people look at our offices or who we are as like, you know, strange and <laughs> different. What do you think the biggest misperception is people have? I think that people think that we're fix-it people, that you come in Uh and I'm supposed to tell you my problem and then I'm supposed to give you a solution to fix your problem. Like, I Mm -hmm. have the answer for you, you know, and I think when people kind of come in that that crisis mode that that's what they're looking for, it's kind of like they want to take the pill to make it all better instead of doing the work and not realizing that, you know, it's, it's a process, it takes time, mm-hmm. and it's an, it's an investment, you know. And, right. and I would all, I go back to the judgment. You know, I think people really feel like they're judged, and I think that mm-hmm. there's still kind of a taboo on, you know, going to therapy and that it's not, you know, it's something to be embarrassed about or, you know, that means something's wrong with me. Um, mm-hmm. And it's none of those things, you know. It's none of those things at all. Um, it is not about judgment. Aisha is the last person to judge anybody. Aisha, I want you to, before I let you go, let everybody know where they can get a hold of you because that's the biggie too. Aisha, it would be great for anybody to go see for therapy. So tell them your website, phone number, any of that stuff. Uh, my website is infinitecounseling.com. And mm-hmm. My email address is Aisha at infinitecounseling.com. It's A-Y-E-S-H-A. And my phone number is 713-907-1669. All right, 713-907-1669, right? Yes, sir. 
It is infinitecounseling.com. Did she get the best name or what? Like it is unending counseling. I N F I N I T E. She got oh you got how much did you pay for that website, I wonder. Man, I should thank you so much for being thank with us you. today. You've been tremendous. Thanks for taking the time. And uh we will talk to you soon, okay? That was Aisha Lakani. Amazing. Go to infinitecounseling.com. She's got a lot of good information on there. I want to thank everybody for being on the show. Mary Saint, thank you so much for your wisdom and advice with clients and counseling in general. Aisha, thank you so much. Aisha Lakani on the southwest side of Houston, and Mary is on the northwest side of Houston. So if you have any other questions, you can always talk to me. I can refer you over to them. And go to TomStevens.us. But more importantly, go get the app in the App Store or the Play Store. And we will talk to you next week when we dive into dating. Oh, man, parents, get ready. We're going to talk about it. We'll see you next Monday. You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.